0: Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network wherever you are in Australia. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning Lyle. Morning Mon.
1: What are you grateful for this morning Lyle?
0: I am grateful for... um, I
1: am
0: grateful for... Mm, Let me think Okay, so I'm I'm grateful for apple pie this morning
1: Oh, oh, come on, Lyle (laughs) Why are you going to do that? Why are you going to play me like that? Oh, that's not fair Apple pie
0: is the best You're
1: eating shells apple pie, aren't you? Uh Uh-huh
0: Oh my son got it for his birthday
1: I'm so. suddenly not happy anymore <laughs> This is no longer good news radio This is no, not
0: positive for you No, i positively
1: You're different. still on
0: your juice fast This
1: is definitely a negative it show It feels today. like you've been on
0: your juice fast all year You know,
1: <laughs> know isn't it so frustrating?
0: <laughs> you've been like on it for like <laughs> months And then off for a week And yeah, then on for another yeah, month uh-huh. And then off for a week
1: Yeah, it's just a pain in the But you're looking healthy foot. Thanks, thanks okay. Yeah, yeah Well, I'm grateful this morning For uh, Impulse Buys
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: Okay, and what did you impulse
1: buy? So usually I regret impulse buys. I don't actually do them much anymore. Yes,
0: you do impulse buys and then sell them on eBay. That's
1: right. And uh, Gumtree, please. I don't yeah. sell on okay. eBay. Gumtree. And, uh, and uh, yeah, but last time that I drove from Melbourne to Sydney, I was at a petrol station in Gundagai, and there was a basket on the counter selling um, bed socks that some local nana had knitted. Hideous. No, no, they're wonderful. Hideous. Mine like they look like a like a unicorn exploded or um, pastel rainbow, and I thought I don't need those. But I'm going to buy them. <laughs>
0: you wear unicorn <laughs> su- guts on your feet. Go to is what support you're saying. the
1: local craft ship. So I purchased. What a, a unicorn pair.
0: Would actually look like if it blew up?
1: Brain- rainbows, Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no. it turns out these are the bed socks ever. Because I have this issue where my pajama pants. Uh, ride up, and my socks fall down, and I wake up in the morning with freezing cold lower legs, and it's it really it's, it's hard to get back to sleep. And uh, but these socks are like the perfect height; they're not so high that they like compress my legs and pinch and leave lines on, on me. On. yeah. Why don't you just tuck your pajamas into your socks? It doesn't work. No. But these ones, these are perfect. The perfect height. They're perfect looseness. They don't fall down. They're just, they're just magical. I love them. I'm grateful for my bed socks this morning ladies. Grateful and for some
0: random grandmother in <laughs> knitting, Bless her heart, knitting or crocheting or whatever it is um a unicorn guts coloured
1: <laughs> hey give us a call and tell us what you're grateful for and P.S. just to let you know this is the delayed broadcast It is this morning however do you know what To jump across the live show you can still call the live show and tell us what you're grateful for there as well and uh, if you'd like to listen to the live show just go to faithfm.com.au or download the tune in app very simple all free
2: let's see. The man who doesn't fall away because of me. As he sat there in that prison cell, he knew just how it came about, and he knew his life was over and he was never coming out. But there was just one thing he had to know. He had to make a final plea. So he sent his friends to ask the Lord If he was who he claimed to be Go tell John That the lame have learned to walk That the poor can hear the word of God And the deaf can hear me talk Go tell John The blind can finally see Oh, and blessed is the man who doesn't fall away He was born so he could tell the world that the kingdom was at hand. And that the Christ would soon come after him to complete the far of his plan. And there was nothing else he wanted more than to see this kingdom grow. It was the only thing that mattered, it was all he had to know. So go tell John. walk, The deaf can hear me talk. The poor talk. can hear the word of God. And the deaf can hear me talk. Go tell God. Go and the blind can finally see. Oh, and blessed said, is the man said, who doesn't fall away said, oh. because of me. Well, he gave his life to testify that Jesus was the Son.
3: Jesus he only wanted God. now. That
2: it was but a good thing he had done Soon he would be my And <laughs> But the was right, uh, go, tell right. go tell John Go tell him that I truly am the light So go tell John Go tell John, go tell John. the lame have learned to walk The deaf can hear me That's talk The can hear the word of God And the deaf can hear me talk Go tell John, go tell John. Go you see, only oh, we blessed in the man as the dead are far away because of me. Go tell John
3: that the dead are raised again. Go tell
2: John that the lepers uh, nowadays yeah. go, go tell John that the path uh, uh, they uh, chose
0: Back everybody That was Keith Lancaster Go tell John Here on Faith FM And as we begin Our breakfast show Positively different radio We're going to have A positively different quiz With a clue That I'm going to get On the first one I reckon
1: Mm -hmm. Maybe Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe Maybe I'd be very impressed If you got this one actually Because it's a a little bit obscure But it has enough information That you should be able To get it exact If you know the story Okay so, it's not vague in any way. And, uh, yeah, it's time to wake your brains up. And if that song didn't wake you up, I don't know what will. Mm-hmm. But this is a What Number Am I quiz. Okay. The Ark of the Covenant was at the house of Obed-Edom this oh. many months. Oh. <laughs> Is it loading? Is it loading?
4: <laughs> no, no, no. I no, yeah. no, don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. He it. it.
1: If you <laughs> oh know the answer, it. give us a call. 1 800 Faith FM, 1 800 If you can tell me the answer before Lyle figures it out, I'll give you double prizes. Call now. Tell me the answer. How long was the Ark of the Covenant at the house of Obed Edom? How many months?
5: Mm. Uh,
0: he was blessed.
1: Was he? Oh, yeah, that's oh, yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, he was yeah, totally yeah. blessed. The mm-hmm. whole time
0: it was there, he was just blessed and blessed and blessed.
1: Not like the guy who stuck his hand on it and no. got seriously unblessed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I okay. have some good news this morning. Okay. But I'm, I'm really scared I'm going to cry again. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be so awesome. No, I need to hold All right, it together. I, I, will give you, I will give you an extra prize. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if Mon cries this morning.
1: No, okay, it's just such a sweet story. <laughs>
0: She's already starting to cry. She's I was, I tear was up. tearing
1: up while I was reading it and I was like, no, pull it together, Galash. <laughs> but, um, Galash is my surname, just in case you're wondering who Galash is. <laughs> 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 I'm going to start with a couple of other stories first and work my way up to the one that makes me cry. Uh, so some beautiful news from around the world this morning. I uh, was starting with a teacher who was on a flight, and uh, she's a chatty lass, and uh, and she, she tells a story about how she sat down next to a passenger, and the passenger asked her what she did for a living, and you know she was honest with him and told him that she was a teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know she began talking about her career and her passion for teaching and her passion for children and, and you know guiding guiding the future leaders of our of our planet, and um, you know and she asked him he asked her what the greatest challenge was, and she told him that um, she actually was a teacher. at a low income school like a low socioeconomic mm-hmm, area mm-hmm. and she you know explained how heartbreaking it was sometimes seeing the kids come in their shoes are falling apart they can't afford the school books they can barely afford to be there they clearly haven't eaten anything and um and you know and how challenging that is because obviously these little things all affect a child's ability um um to you know to go to school and learn and be academic and and you know and move up and uh, and she didn't realise, but the people on the plane around her were all listening. And as she, as the plane landed, and um, and she went to get off the plane, people around her started like handing her cash, and she walked off that plane with over five hundred dollars. You they, have got to be joking! No, no. This, Whereabouts did this happen? This happened from a flight in between Chicago and Florida. And so people, wow. yeah, and so, you know, a gentleman just tapped her on the shoulder and was like, you know, please do something amazing for your kids and like hands over a hundred dollar bill. And then the guy from the other side of the aisle hands her like a couple of hundred bucks and people everywhere just like slipping her notes. And uh, yeah, she walked off with, with over five hundred dollars for her students.
0: Isn't that sensational? Isn't that the world is still a good place. Yeah, absolutely. There are still good people in the world.
1: Yeah, and she said, you know, some of them, you know, they only had like 10 bucks cash, but you know, you know what? If you only have 10 bucks, you could still totally just light someone's day up with a random act of kindness. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 10 bucks isn't much these days. Um, no. You know, a cup of coffee sometimes can cost like $7.50. It's crazy. So. Yeah. Okay, so that's our first good story. Stealing for the airport. I've got a, uh, a fluffy story. Okay,
0: here comes our, <laughs> our daily fluff. Our daily fluff is arriving.
1: Uh, and this, I like this one because I really just want to put the picture up on our social media. <laughs> that's I the s- only reason
0: you're telling the story, right? So <laughs> yes. that you can put it up in Instagram, Facebook. Our
1: listeners will love it. Trust I need, me. I need to
0: do some more. I didn't need to do more stuff on, on, on our social media to so get some, some yeah. man pictures up.
1: Yeah. There. <laughs> there is a lot of fluffy stuff on there. To it.
0: counteract the fluff.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I uh, do like
0: the fluff. Don't get me wrong. Uh
1: huh. The yeah, fluff yeah. is great. Uh, yeah. It's heartwarming. I,
0: I, I like kid animals.
1: And um, this is a this is a story uh, about Spanky and Dally. Um, they're in Spokane, Washington. <coughs> Their owner, Francesca Carson, actually uh, adopted both of them. One of them is a Jack Russell dog mm-hmm. and the other one is a miniature horse and they're both on you know, Animal Death Row. Look oh. the, There's how cute they are, right? Yep. <laughs> All spanky. dressed up and, uh, yeah. and uh, Jack
0: Russell has got his little scarf on his there, like a little Western so scarf. So cute.
1: Anyway. I she, do like Jack Russells. They're so, and they're so and intelligent. Fox terriers, yeah.
0: the well, Fox Terriers not so much.
1: Yeah, well, Jack Russell's a a really trainable. Anyway, so she adopted these two animals, which were going to end up at the glue factory. They ended up becoming such inseparable friends that she was able to teach them to do show jumping with the Jack Russell riding the horse. I have seen this. Isn't this amazing? I have
0: seen this. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, cute. yeah, yeah,
1: So it's like, I mean, I'm sure we've all seen pictures of like dogs standing on top of horses, but this is like the dog is literally riding the horse around a show ring, going over jumps, doing tricks and stuff. It's just amazing. And it's quite remarkable so because you have
0: to train the horse to do the course. Yes, by itself without a rider. Mm-hmm, that's right. And then you have to train the dog to stay on the back <laughs> of the horse hold on. while the horse is, you know, a dog doesn't exactly have hands that yeah. it can yeah, hang on with, Yeah, or thumbs. <laughs> or thumbs or anything like that. It's just like balancing on there the whole time and uh, and not falling off. And it is quite remarkable to um, to see how this little guy, he just sits up there and-
1: He's just happy as Larry. It's like,
0: it's like, um, <coughs> it's like a, a friend that I had many, many years ago when I was a kid and I used to work in the apple orchards down in Tasmania. Um, one of the workers there had a motorbike that he used to use to access the orchards and the workshop oh, and yeah. all this kind of stuff, and a little dog that's just sat on the petrol tank. Now, there's not a lot of grip on the petrol tank for a motorbike. <laughs> But he figured it out. Anytime, that, anytime he kicked that motorbike into life, that little dog was straight up there on the petrol tank. He was not going to miss out on going for a ride. He rode
1: <laughs> everywhere on the tank of the motorbike. That is so sweet.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. They're
1: incredible. You've seen that guy that has his cat that he always sticks on his shoulder when he goes bi- um, on his bike riding, right? Oh. It's amazing. He's got like millions why? of followers on YouTube. Yeah, you know, on his bicycle. He yeah. goes for a ride on his bicycle and he has his cat on his shoulder. His cat, why? <laughs> 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 anyway, this is really cute. Never and mind, I love cat lovers. Yeah, and there's we this, love you. Go this is a really cute story, and we're going to put pictures up um, on our socials. It's even a little video of the dog riding the horse around. Anyway, okay, time for the one that's going to make me cry. All right. Uh, okay, so. Let um, me eat some tissues. Yeah, here thanks. we go. Box of okay. tissues right here. Uh, so, this is a story about a young man called Walter Carr, and uh, he'd just gotten a new job. He'd been looking for work for ages, and he finally got a job. The night before, however, his vehicle broke down and he realised he was not going to be able to get to work, but he was so desperate for work.
0: Okay, so when it comes to being desperate for work and getting a new job and – being in tears. This is a yeah. place that you've been before. Yes,
1: yes. This is a very recent place and, for and me. we're,
0: we're, we're going to talk about this <laughs> a bit later on. This. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So his car breaks down the night before, and, uh, but he didn't panic because um, he, he was working with a removalist company. He didn't panic. Instead, he set out on foot in the middle of the night to walk the 20 miles to work to ensure that he arrived on time the next so 30 morning. 30 yeah, 30 Ks. Starts at midnight. He's like, I got to get to work. I'm not going to lose this job. Starts walking at midnight. He walked for at least uh, 20 kilometers before the police picked him up at 4 a.m., and once they learned that his story, which was very sad, um, it turns out him and his mother had lost everything in Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. And so they've had to perfectly patch their lives back together. And, um, and uh, yeah, and so he, <laughs> the police, you know, when they realized that he was a good kid and he was not up to no good at that hour of the morning, they actually took him um, for breakfast and uh, and then they took him to his new workplace. And because, but that, now he was early because the police, you know, obviously drove him the rest of the way to work. Yeah. Um, they actually dropped him off at the house where he was going to be moving, okay, and uh, and so and then and then they dropped him off there so he could wait for the rest of his team to arrive, his new team to arrive, and then they went and visited his boss, and they said, you know, we've just picked up this really nice kid. Turns out he's your latest employee, and he doesn't have a car anymore. So they cl- there's a lot
0: of things you can relate to here.
1: Yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not having a car,
0: walking to work. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, and his his new employer was so so. You know, impressed by this guy's tenacity, by his uh, his willingness to come to work, even though, you know, he had to really overcome a few obstacles there, that uh, he went and bought him a new car, a new secondhand car. Okay. And so when they went to get him, when they went to meet him at the house where he was going to be moving um, the people's home, presented him with a new vehicle.
0: Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. They pulled it off that quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, that is amazing? Sensational. Yes.
1: And, and, and this wasn't just the boss. Like the police, you know, they were all in on it. And they, cause they'd spent the morning with this kid and realized this was a good kid. And, and you know, and he just he just needed a break. And, uh, and yeah. And so they gave him a car. And, uh, yeah, I didn't cry. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have a friend who lives way out the bush. Yeah. Way out behind uh, Maitland. And uh, in, a, in a rather beautiful house uh-huh. and employed a, uh, an unemployed South Pacific Islander mm-hmm. to come and do landscaping for him. And uh, this p guy, he just uh, he caught the train to Maitland and then set out to walk to the job. Didn't, didn't call because he's like, call me and I'll come pick you up, but never called him. Just set out to walk, slept, the, slept overnight, you know, on the side of the road somewhere and then really? arrived the next day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, how about that? Well, this is Cliff Richard with Millennial Prayer.
0: And that was Cliff Richard with Millennial Prayer here on Faith FM, and as we move on with our um, quiz for the day, what's our next clue, there, Mon?
1: Yes, our next clue gives it away. I'm pretty sure you know it. <coughs> you'd know it from the next clue. It's mm-hmm. a so what number of my quiz? Pharaoh's cupbearer had a dream where he saw a vine with this number of branches. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go.
1: Do you know the answer? Mm-hmm. If you know the answer, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and we will send you the prize for today.
0: Okay, so in uh, more serious news, I have actually positive news this morning. But before I get to positive news, I'm going to deal going to Look, serious or positive first. Let's end with positive. Okay, so I did mention during the weather mm-hmm. that Oman overnight experienced a low, yeah. a low, it's an crazy. overnight low, think about this for a moment, of 42.6. So that was the coolest it got all night Long,
1: It's insane.
0: How would you go sleeping in that, Mon?
1: You wouldn't unless you (laughs) had like some crazy air conditioning going on.
0: Okay. And I think that probably a lot of places in Oman have that crazy air conditioning, but there'd be a lot
1: of places that don't. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, people trying to sleep in 42.6.
1: Look, I'm not going to lie, I'd probably be at the airport, like hitching a ride to Antarctica or something. <laughs> <laughs> or
0: laying on the bathroom floor, gasping yes, for breath. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Or just just run some cold water and sleep in the bath. Uh,
1: yeah, I totally would have done.
0: Um, okay, so um, um, this is a world record for an overnight temperature. A, oh, an really? Overnight low, yes. Wow. Um, which is interesting because in the last fortnight, the United States, Russia, Canada, Scotland, Armenia, Georgia, and Algeria have all broken world temperature records.
1: Like highs or lows?
0: Um, Overnight lows or daytime highs.
1: Oh, this is messing up our climate. Yeah, so it's
0: getting pretty warm around the place. Um, Algeria, of course, recorded the highest temperature that the continent of Africa has ever recorded.
1: Really, Algeria? Uh,
0: uh-huh. What was it? Uh, like fifty-five point six or something? Oh, like that. mercy! Yeah, yeah, that's pretty hot. I've been, I've been in uh, in Egypt when it's been in the fifties, and i I got to tell you, it's it's oh, it hits God. hard. It, it just was it humid saps as well. No, no, Egypt is one hundred percent dry. Mm-hmm. Has zero humidity, and that's why it's such a great Um, a place to do your
1: laundry (laughs) yeah and
0: and to to create mummies Mm, you know nothing nothing deteriorates nothing rots there is no humidity whatsoever so it's kind of interesting because you know you'd be in the sun and it'd be like I can't breathe and you step into the shade and it's like yeah I can live yeah because the shade would um, you know make so much of a difference uh huh but, um, yeah, so they've been looking at, all right, um, what, what are we going to do about this? Because more people are dying of heat stress yeah. in our world annually than are dying of natural disasters.
1: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, And this is
0: this is not uncommon. This is something that's been around for a long time. And you know how it, when it hits like 33 degrees in England and half the population is like, oh, we're going to die. Yeah.
1: But wouldn't you say it was a natural disaster in some way?
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, Well, they're just saying, well, this is global warming and this is just the cycle of global warming and Mm -hmm, so we can't mm -hmm. really count it as a natural disaster. Um, So a couple of things to think about because uh, we are going for a rather nice day here for Mm -hmm. the middle of winter.
1: I know. It's it's been a very mild winter here.
0: um, In Newcastle. And uh, but with you know summer coming on, a couple of things to think about. One of the things I noticed when I was in Wisconsin a couple of weeks ago, because of course it was summer over there, we had some hot days. Mm-hmm. People who live in cold, cold who who live in traditionally cold climates, don't know how to deal with heat. Mm-hmm. So we're working outside. Um, we're working on a, a, on a house. Um, you know, spending some time on the roof and this kind of stuff. The temperatures were in the thirties. And what I noticed was that people there in Wisconsin just don't know how to drink.
1: Yeah, you know, they're just
0: not used to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be a hot day. We're used to this in Australia. We we have hot days, and you drink lots of water. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to drink, mm-hmm. and if they do drink, it has to have sugar in it. Yeah, which just exacerbates the problem. Exactly, mm-hmm. um, or caffeine in it, which once again, you know, just you know, sugar, caffeine. Um, and alcohol are all going to dehydrate you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the solution is to drink water mm-hmm. and you, you start you, and to start early in the day yeah you know the human body can handle a 55 degree day you know no problem at all you know, you're going to struggle, but you're not going to die from it if you just drink water, water. Mm-hmm. it's that simple mm-hmm. and of course, stay out of the sun one of the things that they, uh, one of the things that they did come up with and comment about was that we all need to become like Santorini.
1: Santorini?
0: Santorini.
1: What's going on there? Everything's painted white. Haven't you ever seen the pictures? Oh, yes. Have you been to Santorini? No, but I love the pictures Yeah. I've
0: never been there, but I want to go there one day. And all the buildings are white. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's
0: obvious, you know, a white car... Mm -hmm. is so much cooler in summer when you get into it than a black car. Yep, yep. And so buy white cars, paint your roof white. It's going to make a massive, massive Mm -hmm. difference through Mm -hmm. summer to your heating bill, to your cooling bill. And cooling um, is obviously a lot more expensive than heating. Yeah, yeah. Infinitely more expensive. And, of course, to create coolness, you have to create heat Mm -hmm. to create coolness because you're... Air conditioner is pumping heat one direction and coolness the other. And so all that air conditioning is just uh, exacerbating the problem.
1: I think if I had to go to Egypt or into Wisconsin like you were, I would just wear a camel back. You know, those, like it's like a water bottle you carry on your, yeah, backpack, and yeah. in your backpack and then yep. just have a little pipe through yep. your mouth and you just drink all day drink long. Drink all day and you're fine. Yeah, yeah. No
0: problem whatsoever mm-hmm. at all. i got to tell you, there were a couple of times when whoo, it, was, it was tough. And, and the worst thing, of course, that was that we were in air-conditioned um, coach Oh, yes, and there's so you're, contrast. You're, and, 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 of course, they, they, they ran the air conditioning at about 15 degrees. No. So you'd be in the coach, you'd be rugged up, wearing a jumper, wearing a coat, and then you'd open that door and it would be 50 you know, degrees outside. <laughs> it was just like, you guys are nuts. You know, run the air con at like 35 so that we don't all die mm-hmm. when we step outside. Mm-hmm. You know, you get blasted <laughs> with this, this, this hot air. Anyway, so... Um, The Bible does speak in Revelation chapter 16 about the seven last plagues and the sun being given power to scorch men with great heat at the end of time. Oh, really? Yes. And the good thing about that is that the Bible says that God's people will hide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. Psalms chapter 91. That's worth memorizing because it's all about how God will protect his people at the end of time. Amen. And, uh, of course, that will be a supernatural event rather than uh, just a natural one that we're seeing. Anyway, we've heard about children being separated from their parents um, as they've been crossing the border illegally into the United States. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we've also heard about a ban on Muslim immigration, so a ban from immigrating because of their religion. Mm -hmm. And so as a result of that, you've got, once again, you know, um, separation but not so many um, Muslims are trying to immigrate to the United States because I guess they're a bit scared of being there yeah um, etc and so the uh, imam Arjan Abu Saad okay has responded to the situation he is in charge of a mosque in Tampa Florida and the head of the Islamic Society of Temp- of the Tampa Bay area um, and he has made an offer to the United States government to host every child separated from their parents at no cost. Wow. Um, as a result of illegal immigration.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And so this is, you know, and, and as you said, this is a great deal for someone who likes to make deals. Mm-hmm. That's um, true. Of course, they have not um, taken him up on his offer because when you are trying to demonize a religion, um then you know taking them up on an offer like this is only going to make that religion look good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but he's so he's still waiting for a, a response and um quoting from the Quran that says whoever separates a mother from her child Allah will separate him from his loved ones on the day of judgment o la la yes it's a pretty pretty serious statement yeah. in the Quran um and he said you know we're, we're in a perfect position for it because we're in Florida mm-hmm. and the vast majority of um, illegal immigrants are Spanish speakers, mm-hmm. Roman Catholic Spanish speakers. Mm-hmm. And so he's reaching out to the United States. He's reaching out to Christianity. And he's saying we need to um, live our faith. Um, Islam is not a spectator sport. And we need to you know, obviously change the way that people view Islam. And I absolutely commend him for this. I wonder- you know, there are many times when I'm going to get here on radio and absolutely condemn things that are done in the name of Islam mm-hmm. or done in the name of you know certain uh, versions of Christianity, even in our church, if it's wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we have done that and will continue to do so, or any religion for that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, when things are done the right way, we need to get on here and commend it.
1: I do wonder uh, the reality of it. Like, if they did hand over several thousand minors to this church, how is exactly is the church is going to look after them, or how has he
0: has, or? um, has organised housing for two thousand three hundred so far? Wow. Okay. So it's a large Islamic community there.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and and that's and that is sufficient to take care of the present crisis.
1: And, but and all their parents are in jail, right? Is that the situation? Yeah. yeah okay. Oh, that's very interesting. That's uh, that is quite commendable that they would make that offer. Absolutely, I think they do need to be.
0: Regardless them. of why they're in jail, this yeah. is a commendable thing to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I do think there'd be a couple more questions there, and you know, who's going to be looking after them exactly? The state needs to take care. Of course, it's still good. The signs of
5: the times are. Red. The spoken word of Jesus fills the air Wars and rumors of them homeless night and day Do not be dismayed. He's coming back someday Pray. Allow little children, Jesus said unto me For such is the kingdom of heaven but their little lives are taken, fearing not the holy one. But hear me when I say, judgment's the way. on the way. He'll ride on a cloud to take me His bride away. Triumphantly, the church will see Jesus any day. The things as we know them will soon pass away. We'll soon- In lives of many hearts are growing cold And people are falling away No one seems to care about the condition of the soul Hear me when I say He's coming back someday Right Triumphantly, the church will see, see Jesus pray. any day. The things as we know them will soon pass away. Will soon pass away. The things as we know them will soon pass away. Will.
0: Okay everybody, that was the Forbes family with Revelation chapter 19 here on Faith FM And as we go to our interview for the day uh, Mon, do we have another clue for our quiz?
1: Yes, what number am I? It was the number of men sent by Cornelius to find Peter
0: Okay, what number was that?
1: Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM Now Mon, yes.
0: guess who we're interviewing today?
1: Oh, go on, tell me you! I know!
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: okay, so mine has a story, but we also have a very special guest on the uh, show joining us. Uh, David, welcome to the show. Yep. Hello, we've got a terrible tinny sound happening here and a buzzing ringing in my ears. David, are you there?
6: I am. Good morning, Lyle and Monica, and your, good morning to your listeners.
1: Good morning, David. It's good to have you on board as our expert weighing in on this. Okay,
0: so um, David, you've got a background in counselling. Maybe you could just uh, tell us very briefly what your background is in uh, counselling.
6: Um, Lyle, I've got a master's degree in counselling and primarily focused on addictions and trauma.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Spend uh, quite a number of years in Cabramatta, while Cabramatta was still the drug capital of Australia. And um, had extensive experience working in that field there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I've met people whose lives were completely transformed by your ministry down there in Cabramatta, which was um, which was fantastic. How many years have you been involved in counselling?
6: Uh, about twenty four years at okay. the moment. Yeah, I've got a dual training in ministry as well as in counselling. So. Um, come from a Christian perspective in therapy and has seen really God at work in people's
0: lives. Yeah, praise God. Now, my co-host here this morning, David, has had a unique experience that she's going to share with us. And uh, last week, in fact, uh, was it last week or early this week? Last week, we were celebrating.
1: Yeah, last week we were celebrating.
0: We were celebrating because, you know, Monica obviously works here, the breakfast show in the morning, but she needs a second job because... This job finishes at 9 o'clock mm-hmm. um, and she's been looking for work and it's kind of hard to find something where she can you know, get from this job to another job because it's going to be 9.30 by the time she gets there and, and it's a late start. And we were celebrating because Mon had found herself
1: another job. Yeah, I was really happy about it. And, you had, and now, Mon, you no longer have that job. And now I no longer have that job. <laughs> Which is really, really sad. Yeah, I cried for almost a whole day.
0: <laughs> okay, so… why do you no longer have that okay first of all what was that job
1: okay so i um i was i felt so happy because i finally managed to find work that allowed me to start uh later in the day because with my radio work it doesn't i I can't do a 9 a.m start like most jobs and so i found a news agency in my local area um and i was very excited because you know yeah newspapers magazines you know gifts stationary this will be great and um yeah i was very excited because the, the team of people that i was working with I you know I, I met most of the people working there and they were all just really lovely mm-hmm. and uh, the boss was just this great guy that i thought we'd totally get along i mean we did get along because you know he was all into caravans and trains and so on and so i was like this is going to be amazing and all the staff that had been working there for a long time which is always a really good sign of a new workplace mm-hmm. so yeah
0: and uh,
4: I and did a
1: trial shift on Friday, like a, a test to see if they liked me and if I liked them. And, uh, and Friday, I, w- I think I was just really emotionally happy and just over the moon. And then on Monday, I had my second shift. And by the end of it, I knew that I would not be able to work there anymore.
0: Okay. And why was that?
1: So I didn't realize, and this was quite a surprise to me, but it turns out that working at a news agency, which I don't I don't think many people would realize, 99% of my job was selling lotto tickets, lottery tickets, um, to people coming in who were just clearly addicted to gambling. And, uh, so you might as
0: well have be been working at the TAB. Might as, well,
1: might as well have been working at a casino. I never, I never would have ever considered taking a job at a casino or at a TAB, and I just felt like it's just... It's you know arose by a different name. It's just called a news agency, but really it's just another outlet for for gambling addicts.
0: And and why do you why do you take this strong view against gambling?
1: Well, um, you know, if you look at the people who are gambling, that not the people who can afford it, but no one can afford gambling really because it's just throwing your money away.
4: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, it's just it's if I if you look at the biblical uh, model of stewardship. And, uh, and how we you know, need to be careful, not just you know with our money, but with everything God has given us. Our money doesn't really belong to us. It belongs to the Lord, and He's just, you know, let us use it for a time. And, uh, and gambling is in no ways a wise way to spend your money. But then couple that with the fact that gambling is a ferocious addiction that just eats up lives and just sucks the life out of people who are, who are in the throes of it and just, it destroys families, it ruins lives, it leads to suicide. You know, if gambling didn't have all that attached to it, it probably wouldn't you know, feel that bad of a thing. But when you, when you know how, how deeply it can ruin not just one life but a whole myriad of lives, you just realise how horrifying this actually is. Let me is. cross to
0: David very quickly. David, how big of a problem is gambling in Australia?
6: Um shocking to your listeners, Lyle. Uh, Australia is the largest uh, gambling country in the world. Really? We are spending uh, last year's statistics done by Queensland State Government uh, show that we do $24 billion a year in gambling um, with the largest uh, number of poking machines, not even talking about the other forms of gambling. And um, Australians spend on average about $1,300 per person per year. And the closest um, other country uh, that has a gambling problem is Singapore spending $600 per year per person. So that really tells you the enormity of the problem that we're facing in Australia.
1: David, that's really blown me away because, you know, I was thinking about, I've been inside casinos in Australia and I've walked past and driven past many a TAB and at each of those times I've thought to myself, gosh, there's hardly anybody in here. I guess Australia doesn't gamble that much. But working at the news agency and just having a constant stream of people hour after hour after hour on that shift, and all they wanted was to buy lotto tickets or check their lotto tickets, I began to realize Australians gamble. They just don't necessarily gamble in the way that we think they gamble because, you know, news agencies, you wouldn't think it was really a gambling hole or gambling hub. And so that, that, that's really surprised me. I really would have thought it would be something like the US because I've been to casinos in the US just to use a toilet, and it was like Indeed. packed full of people. So that's really surprising. Have-
6: you don't have to go to a building or an office or a TAB anymore to, to gamble. You can do it from out of your living room. Yeah. The apps the apps on your old smartphone, your computer, make it so easy in the privacy of your home to do the gambling. The, so, with, there's an estimation of 200,000 people that are at the moment in, in Australia in a high-level problem area of gambling with – twice as much in the lower-level uh, problem of gambling.
0: Mm. I mean, I've, I've seen this firsthand where um, neighbours of ours, just wonderful people, um, she got addicted to gambling and just tore <coughs> the whole family apart. Just, just
6: yeah, not only do they, they tear the family apart. They lose their livelihood. They lose their jobs. They lose the respect. And that often which sparks the need for gambling is the first thing that they lose, and that is the search for significance.
1: Mm. Something, something that was bouncing around my head um, on the day that I quit the job because I was having, like, a, I was having like a moral dilemma almost, and. Um, <laughs> And one of the things that was bouncing around my head was I had, I had just recently heard uh, on a different radio channel, I'd actually heard a segment about secret money. And so it was, they had yep. people call in and just share these stories about how like, oh, you know, I or my dad or my husband had this secret stash of money. And then of course there were other money secrets like, oh, my spouse or my son or my uncle actually had a secret addiction. And uh, for the most part, all the stories were about these gambling problems that people had that they'd kept hidden and families are living in houses that don't even belong to them anymore because someone in their family has, you know, unbeknownst to them, gambled away everything they own. And, uh, and yes. by the end of the segment, I remember so distinctly the radio presenter saying... Gambling is going to be like the next cigarettes, the next alcohol campaign. It's going to come a time very shortly where you know how we have all these government campaigns. Every cigarette is doing you damage, you know. Every job of alcohol is doing a damage. It's going to have the same stigma as yep. smoking and drinking is starting to have here in Australia now.
0: Okay, so I've got two questions here. Mon, I'm going to ask you the first one and then I'm going to cross to David with the second question. So Mon, I want you to tell me um, in the what, six hours that you're working at this particular job thereabouts, what was the story that stuck most in your mind? And then, David, I want to cross to you, and I want to find out. Okay, what is it that actually causes this addiction? And then, what can we do about it?
1: You mean what I witnessed?
0: Yeah, what you witnessed? Yeah, I think because obviously you've got a lot of stories you can yeah, tell.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's three in particular, but I tell you the one that really that really had me in tears. Um, a lady had come in with her young son early in the morning and bought scratchies, and then, um, and I'd seen this a couple of times already, that people would come in, they'd buy scratchies, they'd leave, and they'd be back like an hour or so later wanting more scratchies. That, that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough of a fix for the day. They did want more. What are they spending? Uh, a scratchy can be anything up to 15 two, like $1 to $15. So... Yeah, you can get like a, a lot – it's like a piece of cardboard and it has like scratchy stuff you scratch off. Anyway, I don't know how it really works. And um, and she had already been in one day – I mean, that morning, bought a bunch of scratchies. She came back again later in the day and buys a bigger scratchy. And as she's walking out of the store, she turns and hands it to her son, her little toddler son, who's not even in school. He must have been like three, four years old. And he goes, oh, my favorite one. At which point I realise the scratchies aren't for the mum, the scratchies are for the kid and he's been chucking tantrums to get her to come back and buy more scratchies. And she turns back and looks at me and smiles at me with the, oh, and i I such a good mum, I bought my kid what he wanted and I'm standing there horrified realising I just sold gambling to a child who was addicted to gambling. I just sold a scratch scratch to a Mm. kid and I found out it's illegal for us to sell them to a child. I can't take the money off the kid and I can't hand the ticket to the kid. I have to do it through the mum. So the mum has to hand me the money and I have to hand her the lottery ticket or the scratchy. I can't do it to the kid. But as soon as the mum has it, she can do whatever she wants to with it. She can hand it to the kid, which is exactly what happened. So Mm -hmm. that, that really cut me up.
0: David, what is it that is actually the driving force behind a gambling addiction? What is it that's pushing a person to destroy their life like that?
6: There there are multiple issues, but Monica actually is referring to something that is extremely scary. We call it epigenetics. Epigenetics um, is switches on our, our chromosomes, which switches on our chromosomes to act in a certain way due to the environment in which we grow up. In other words, a child that grows up in an environment of addictions Has between 50 to 80% chance to duplicate exactly that same behavior, not just in their life, but into their great grandchildren and the great grandchildren's lives. Mm. That is the extent to which things can go.
0: Like the Bible says, the third and fourth generation.
6: Exactly. Now, uh, Lyle. It is important that we understand that often people start gambling as a form of escaping. So, in other words, there, there are triggers in their life. Uh, often, a low sense of self-will. We live today in a society of immediate gratification. So, if only you know that allure of maybe, maybe the next big win is just round the corner. Um, research also. Uh, indicates there could be some chemical changes. Well, chemical changes do take place the moment that people walk into the gambling hall, which is very similar to cocaine addiction, Mm -hmm. has exactly the same impact on the brain. But one of our biggest problems is that society condones gambling. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it is acceptable. And when a person runs into trouble, they don't know where to turn to because society is doing it as well.
0: For sure. So we've got things like um, you know stop smoking programs and alcohol anonymous that kind of thing. If somebody's actually addicted to gambling um, and they recognise that this is actually a really negative thing in their life and they want to make changes, where do they turn to?
6: They can they can phone gambling anonymous. Uh, There's a special program very similar to narcotics anonymous and. Alcoholic Anonymous that they can get help from. They can turn to the doctor, uh, their GP for a referral. But what they really need to look for is someone that will specialize in cognitive behavioral therapy where they are actually helping the individual to discover the cause, in other words, the triggers in their life, and start to address that from the core base, not just treating people symptomatically.
0: Okay, so what does cognitive behavioral therapy involve? when you're dealing with somebody who has a gambling addiction?
6: Dr. behavioral therapy is is a uh, therapeutic model where I help a patient to understand the link between the way that I think and how it impacts and how it pans out in my behavior. So I can look at a behavior, someone comes in, their entire life is spun out of control, their family life is falling apart, their spiritual life is falling apart, their work life has fallen apart due to the impact of addictions, they are still saying, hey, there's no problem. Cognitive behavioral therapy will actually confront looking at the behaviour and the impact and then work back to help the person discover the cause, what is the wrong with their thinking patterns and help them in a process to turn that around.
0: Okay, so now even
6: it even has an impact as far as changing brain chemicals in, in a patient's life.
0: Mm, mm, that's powerful. What kind of a, a time process are you looking at for somebody, you know, a long-term addiction to gambling, um, to turn that around? Is this something you do in a week? Is this something you do in a, in a month? What, what, what are we talking about here?
6: It is a long process because... Uh, As Monica, or was it yourself, that has uh, indicated that there's a lot of uh, hiding and lying and deception takes place with all forms of addictions. And therefore, to get that person initially to identify that they've got a problem. Secondly, the willingness to understand and accept that this is a problem because People with addictive behaviors would often say to you that I'm, I'm just enjoying the moment. Uh, I can control this at any time. I can put it down at any time. Now, in, in my practice, I see people that have already lost their family homes. They've already gambled out their second or their third home. Uh, they are living on the street. Their family uh, don't trust them anymore. And they still say, this is not an addiction. I can put it down at any time. Some of some people are extremely motivated, others really have a long battle, and sometimes can take years before they're completely free
0: and, I'm and, thinking, yep.
6: and, and our society today um, speak about harm minimization. so in other words, gambling' is okay just as long as I do not cause harm to others around me from a biblical perspective though, I'm addicted. I'm actually controlled hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a slave to another master
0: and the only master that we should be a slave to is to Jesus Christ as a Christian you know, from a exactly. Christian perspective yeah
6: and lo- those that do accept Christ and accept him in their life as the person that will guide them are the ones that has the quickest turnaround.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you so much for joining us, David. We really appreciate the time that you've put into this.
6: Thank you for having
0: me. Yeah, wonderful. And uh, thank you, you Mon, for sharing your story. It's a little bit of a a heart-rending story right there. And uh, I just want to put a shout out, you know, if there's anyone in the Newcastle area here that uh, that needs a, a great employee that... Needs a a Needs a mom has, has a, <laughs> needs a mon that has, you know, somebody who has some integrity and is yeah. prepared to to turn, to turn give up a job for moral reasons, then uh, give us a call. You know what our number is. And I'm also going to put up some details where you can get in contact with us if you want to talk to David Haupt and to um, arrange some counselling with him. Um, call us here on our number and we'll put up some links as well. We're going to move on. This is Daniel
7: Martin Moore. When peace like a river attendeth my way When sorrows like sea billows roll Whatever It is well, it is well with my soul Hasten the day when my faith shall be a sign clouds be rolled back as a scroll the trumpet shall sound and the light shall descend even so So
1: is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales.
0: Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile.
1: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.